Hilsing said, thank you for joining us again. Um, this morning, I want to share a word with us, and I pray that it will bless you. Um, every one of us has a story to tell. I don't know about you, but I've got a story to tell, and every story is very different, and every story is very unique. But there's one thing that I believe that you and I have in common this morning, that we have come here to hear God's story, to hear the story of Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing about Jesus' story is that his story and our story is the same because he came to give us freedom. He left the splendor. He left beauty. He left his glory. He left his holiness, his wonder, and the perfection of heaven he left. And he came to save humanity, to rewrite our stories. So this morning, I want to share a message that I pray will bless you. I want to share a message that will encourage you. But I also want to share a message that I pray would challenge us. And that message is called what is your story I want you to ask yourself that question this morning Lord what's my story what is your story for a moment in time I want to encourage you just to be focused this morning to to draw your attention this morning um, to this moment to to pull aside every distraction around you because I know we're all at home we've got kids running around we've got things happening around us but just for this moment of time just to be still in the in the Lord and just be still in him I draw our attention this morning to a story and the story is from the book of the gospels of luke and the story goes like this in the book of luke 19 verses 28 to 48 and i want you to grab your bible and give you a few moments just to grab your grab your bibles grab your pens grab whatever you need and turn to the book of luke in the, the new testament the luke 19 28 to 40. Are we ready? We're ready, church. Say amen. We're ready. It says these words. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethanage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a cult tied there. Which one, which one, no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you are untying it, say the Lord needs it. Those who were, were sent ahead went and they found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, a whole crowd, I want, to hear, I want you to hear this, a whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God, in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. A large, large crowd began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. 
I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. I love the scripture this morning. This morning, we are celebrating a day which we call Palm Sunday, a day of, of Jesus' tremendous and triumphant entry into Jerusalem, one week prior to his crucifixion, his death, and most importantly, his resurrection. It's called Palm Sunday because according to the Gospel of John, crowds um, would go to Jerusalem, they would greet Jesus, they would wave palm leaves and, and branches, and they would sometimes lay them on the path before him. It was a triumphal entrance into Jerusalem. And we can only imagine the sound of the crowds of disciples who joyfully praise God in loud voices. They were praising God for the miracles the Bible says for what they had seen. Everyone in that crowd had different stories, just like you and just like me. But they all had one thing in common, just like us. They had met Jesus. They had been healed by Jesus, either physically, emotionally, and even spiritually. All they could do was praise him. All they can do was shout out his name as they came into the city. You see, thousands of people had ascended into Jerusalem for the Passover, but soon they would all discover, as the story unfolds, that Jesus himself was going to be the acceptable sacrifice for humanity's sin. Jesus was the perfect sacrificial lamb. So this morning, I want to share to us some stories. And in each one of these stories, maybe you will find your story in these stories. Maybe you will see yourself amongst the crowd that day. Maybe you will see your story and how your story fits within the ink marks of God's word. So to begin, let me draw our attention to the first story this morning. And that story comes from the book of Luke 14. It comes from Luke 14 verses 1 to 4. Let us examine who could have been in that crowd that day in the book of Luke. It says these words, One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and the experts of the law, and he says these words, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. In other words, they did not say a thing when Jesus asked them that question. So taking a hold of the man, he healed him and he sent him on his way. You see, friends, as Jesus went into this house of the Pharisees, he saw a man and he saw the man he was suffering. And after asking the question whether or not it was lawful to heal this man or not on the Sabbath and not getting a response back, the Bible tells us that Jesus took hold of the man and he heals this man. I want us to think about this for a moment. How many of us listening to the sound of my voice this morning that God has taken a hold of you? That maybe you didn't even feel you were even worthy enough to be healed, but God, he saw you and he took a hold of you. And many listening to me this morning, you've encountered God when you, you've believed that you didn't even deserve God's to come your way. 
you weren't in the right place, you, you weren't at church, you, you weren't doing the, the three-step program, maybe you weren't, meant to, you weren't doing what you're meant to be doing, but God saw you and he took hold of you. You know that the only way that you were healed and the only way that you have come to the place that you've come to is because of Jesus. Because of what he had done to you, without you doing anything, he changed your life. And because of this encounter, you began to have faith in him. You may not have understood it. He, you may not have had the guidance or may not have understood it. But can I say to you, when God takes a hold of your life and heals you, something happens within you. Holy Spirit starts to start changing you from the inside out. And maybe just like this man in this Bible, you met Jesus that way. You were healed by his touch like this man. He took hold of you like this man. And then you decided to follow Jesus. Imagine you were there when Jesus rode into Jerusalem with the crowd. You laid your cloak down on the road as he passed you by one more time. You laid down your identity. You laid it down to pick up a new identity in Jesus Christ. You may not have understood, but God was doing a work in you. And as you shouted praise again and again, your voice was so loud, Hosanna in the highest, peace to you and all mankind. Maybe you were in that crowd. That is all you could do. That is all you could give. You could only give your thanksgiving and praise. You know, friends, like this man, your life was changed that moment that God took hold of it. And your story began. Your story became his story. And just like that day in the crowd, you are here today. Does this man's story display your story? Does his life look like your life? You weren't in a church, but God touched you wherever you were. You weren't doing a program, but you knew that God came and he took hold of your life. You can't explain it, but you just know it. Maybe that is your story this morning. Let us look at some other people's story that could have been there that day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Let's look at the book of Luke 14. I'm going to read verse 15. It says, When one of these at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. After Jesus finished teaching on the parable of the place of the feast at the wedding feast, he then shares about the people to invite. He says this in the book of Luke 13 and 14. He says, but when he gave a banquet, invite invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. I don't know, does that sound like anyone this morning? Invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. You will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Wow. You know, sometimes people can't repay you. But I want you to remember these words. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Then we see this man who says, Blessed is a man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. So Jesus begins to teach on another parable about the many excuses that people will give when they are invited to the feast by God himself. His offer to come is extended because people who he invited gave every excuse not to attend this feast. So guess what? He goes to the poorest in the streets. He goes to the least of the least that his house will be filled. 
Maybe those who were poor, maybe those who were crippled and blind, maybe the lame were in that crowd that day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. Maybe they, were, they still hadn't received their full healing yet. And maybe they still would be lame and maybe they're still deaf and blind. But they had the sense of knowing. There was this assurance that they will be a blessing at that feast. Maybe they were at that place and praising God that day as he entered into Jerusalem. Friends, sometimes like many under the sound of my voice, you have not yet experienced your natural healing. Maybe you're still struggling with some type of sickness or mental illness. Maybe you're struggling with depression or suicide. Maybe you feel um, disadvantaged. Maybe something has happened in your life. Maybe your marriage has broken up. Maybe you feel that you're not worthy. But I want you to know that you have a promise and that promise is in Jesus Christ. Whether you've been naturally or physically or spiritually healed or not, you still continue to praise him. You know that you've been invited to the table of the Lord and you know that he will meet all your needs. He sees you and as and he has made room for you at his table. Because God promises towards you, he says that he will give you all that you need. Maybe you haven't received your full healing yet, but there's room at his table for you. More than anything today, you and I need Jesus. Above everything else, you and I need Jesus. All we can do on this day, as they entered into Jerusalem, is they could only praise with a loud voice and give him thanks for everything that he had done. You find a freedom, and you were in that crowd that morning, just like you are this morning. Maybe this is your story. Maybe you still haven't been completely freed. Maybe you're in the process, like many of us are in this process of our freedom. Maybe we have felt disadvantaged or, or maybe we feel, feel that there's um, illness that is happening emotionally. But maybe you can see a glimpse of your story in this story. Maybe this is you this morning. Can I share another story with you? Who else could have been in that crowd that day? From the book of Luke 20, uh, 14, 25, it says these words. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said. That's all I'm going to read. In this passage, we see a large crowds that were following Jesus even before Jesus got to Jerusalem. See, Jesus knew what was ahead of him. It was like Jesus was sifting people. He talked about loving him more than their own family. He talked about picking up their own cross and following him and counting the cost and giving up everything for Jesus, the price of being a disciple. I can only imagine as many heard this statement from Jesus that many decided to walk away. And you see that today in today's society, in today's churches, it's so hard sometimes to follow Jesus because it requires us to take up our cross daily and follow him. It requires us to, to lay down our own lives and look to Jesus and focus on Jesus. Following Jesus is going to be hard. So many people walk away, but not you, friend. You have not walked away. Your journey hasn't been the easiest. You have lost so much. It's cost you maybe your family. It's cost you relationships. 
Maybe it's cost you your friends, even cost you some loved ones. But still, you hold on to the Messiah. It hasn't been an easy walk. Maybe your story is in that crowd that day as Jesus entered in Jerusalem. Is that you? Is that you this morning? And just like them, you have chosen never to stop praising God. Can you hear the sound in Jerusalem that day as the crowds of disciples joyfully praise Jesus? Can you just imagine the sound that, that was erupting in that one place at that one time? Is your story there this morning? It hasn't been easy for you, but you still follow to follow Jesus. You still choose to follow Jesus. Is that you this morning? How about another story? A story in the book of Luke 15, 1 to 12. You see, these stories are leading up to the main story. Jesus is progressing. He's going from one place to another to get to where he needs to get to in order to become the sacrifice for all mankind. So this is a story about a tax collector, and it says this. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. I thank the Lord that I am good enough to hang around with Jesus. It says, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the laws, they started to mutter. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. We see the tax collectors and the sinners, they gathered around Jesus. And maybe in that crowd, that day in Jerusalem, maybe as Jesus is triumphantly walking and entering into the city, maybe the crowd was full of sinners and those sinners may have found compassion in Christ. Maybe there were sinners that day that found assurance of their forgiveness, of their sin in that crowd that day. Could they be the ones that were praising God aloud? Could they be the ones worshipping and adoring the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords as he enters and arrives into Jerusalem? Maybe we have found compassion. Maybe he has given us forgiveness for the weight of our sins. And for that reason, we choose to praise him. Friends, today, you have chosen to praise him for the mighty acts of his compassion towards you. Isn't it a blessing to be invited to repent and then be counted worthy? He says, like a lost sheep or like a lost coin or like even, the importantly, a lost son. What a wonderful reason to praise God that you and I were once were lost but now we are found. Maybe some of those tax collectors and those sinners who had gathered to hear Jesus were in that crowd that day. They found freedom. As Jesus entered into the city, they worshipped the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How many of us this morning, under the sound of my voice that can hear me, how many of us have heard the words from heaven and can hear Jesus saying, come to me, I love you. How many of us has heard that voice? We once were lost, but now we are found. Is this your story this morning? Are you part of the story that God has inked into his words? Is this who you are this morning? That God has called sinners just like you and I? That we can praise him? That we can worship him? What about another story, friends? In the book of Luke 17, 11 to 19, 
these words are written and it says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. He's on his way to be crucified, but he's still busy doing the Father's work. He said, as he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood from a distance. Now they had to stand from a distance because they couldn't go close to people because leprosy was taboo, it was, it was not good. And they called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he says, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. I love how Jesus does things. He turns theology upside down. See, Jesus didn't lay hands on them and do the shandara be shandara. Jesus just sent them on their way to go to their priests. And as they went on their way, the Bible says that they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was not even of the... of. He was not even a Jew. The Bible says that he was a Samaritan. Now Jesus asked, weren't not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks, to give, give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he says to him, rise up, go, your faith has made you well. I want us to hear the story for a moment. We see ten leopards who met Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, who begged him to heal them. Jesus sent them off to show themselves to the priests, and as they went on their way, the Bible says that they were healed. But there was one who returned to Jesus. He threw himself out of Jesus' feet, and he was a Samaritan, and he gave God the praise. Can you see yourself in that story? Maybe... You have never been brought up in the ways of God. Maybe just like me, you've never been brought up in the church, but you found Jesus on the way. But like this one man, you never forgotten where you came from. Like this one man, you always went back to Jesus and, and what Jesus did. Maybe this is your story. Maybe people have forgotten what Jesus has done for them. And many times, and you see this, in the body of Christ, many times Jesus does um, a miraculous work in someone's life and they know it's Jesus and they're so thankful for that. But they just go about their own life and they never turn back to Jesus to give him thanks and him worship. Many forget what it's like when they encountered Jesus. But not you, friends. You are still here this morning. You are still worshipping Jesus. You haven't forgotten what he'd done for your life. You never forgotten how he healed you. Never forgotten how he set you free. You never forgotten how he fed you. And that time that you thought it was the end of your life, you never forgotten how he how he saved you. He never forgotten how he looked after your children. You never forgotten. Was this one man who was healed from leprosy in that crowd that day? Did he follow Jesus and go? with Jesus into Jerusalem? Was he the one with the voice that was so loud praising Jesus? Was he shouting with thanks from the deep parts of his soul for everything Jesus had done for him? Maybe this is your story. Your friends may have forgotten the good Jesus has done, 
Your family may have walked away from salvation, but not you, friend. You are still here today. And Jesus is still writing your story. And I love that about Jesus. I love that he is still writing our story. How about this story in the book of Luke 18, 18? The Bible says this. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We see a rich ruler who came to Jesus and asked him a question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? This man, he, you know, the Bible says he's kept all the commandments since he was a young boy. In other words, he was brought up in the church. He knows the way. He knows, the, he knows what to do. But Jesus confronted him and his sin. Jesus confronted his dependency on the world's riches. Maybe he was there in that crowd that day. Maybe he did what Jesus did. Maybe he did sell everything and give it to the poor. And maybe he did follow Jesus. Maybe his story is your story. Has Jesus challenged you? Has he challenged you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Have you put all your hope in things of this world? Maybe your employment? In the days like today, in the season which the world finds themselves in, have you put everything into your employment? Have you put everything into your money, into your family, into your friends? Is this what you depend on for your future? Can I encourage you this morning that Jesus won't let you down? He will supply all your needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you he won't leave you nor forsake you? Can I tell you he'll provide for you that your future is a prosperous future? He's going to bless you no matter what. And if this is your story this morning, God has given you the key to his bank. I want to say that again and make this very clear. Maybe during this season, you find that you've lost your job. Maybe your money's dried up. Maybe things in your family is not working out. But I want to tell you this morning that God has given you the keys to his bank. He will never leave you. I want to say this, friends, again. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And maybe like this man, you see yourself in the story. I want to share another story. In the book of Luke, we're making our way to Jerusalem, so follow the story. In the book of Luke 18, verse 35 to 43, it says, As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. He's almost there in Jerusalem, but he's at Jericho. When he heard the crowds going by, he asked what is happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him, and they told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, and he ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Like the Lord didn't know, but he asked the man. And he says, Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus says to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. You see, this blind beggar who couldn't see, but he had a, he had a shout. And I don't know about you, but you have a shout this morning. I don't know. People can't, couldn't shut him up. 
And maybe people can't shut you up because you have a shout. The Saviour heard him and he received his sight because of his faith in Jesus. This man kept on praising to the point where it was so infectious that others around him started to begin to praise him too. They are on their last leg and they're on their last leg journey to Jerusalem. And this blind man couldn't stop praising Jesus for all he had done. And because of this man's praise, everyone else joined in. Is this your story this morning? You just can't shut up. You just can't stop praising God. People don't like hearing you shout. They don't like hearing you going crazy for Christ. They just want to try and shut you down or try and make you quiet. You know, you're a bit embarrassing. You know, just shh. Don't make that type of noise. Don't disrupt things. Is that you? your story this morning? Were you in that crowd? Is your story in that crowd? Is this your story? Is this who you are? I want to encourage you this morning. Keep shouting. Keep praising. Keep declaring. Keep upsetting the normal. And keep keep going against the grain. Because in your shout, other people are going to be free. So I want to encourage you, if this is you this morning and this is your life, I want to encourage you to keep shouting. I want to share this final story. As Jesus goes into Jerusalem, in the book of Luke, verse 19, 1 to 10, it says the story. Jesus entered Jericho and passing through, a man was there by the name of Zacharias. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because of his, he was short, he could not see over the crowd. You know what, friends? He looked different. He didn't look like your normal. I don't know. But is that you this morning? So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached that spot, he looked up and he sees them. Zacharias, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. Oh, thank you, Lord. He went to the sinner's house again. But Zacharias stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Jesus says to them, Today salvation has come to this house. Salvation is in your house this morning, friend, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We see that little Zacharias, who was very short in stature, who wasn't blind, but he could climb a tree to see. He had to get above the crowd. This guy had changed immediately once he had touched Jesus and he gave away his cheating ways. His repentance found salvation. Was he in that crowd that day that Jesus entered in Jerusalem? Is this your story? Maybe you don't look like everyone else. How about you don't even fit? You don't sound like other people. You just are so different. But Jesus saw you and he extended an invitation to you. And your life hasn't been the same ever since. Because of this, all you can do is celebrate. All you can do is praise him. All you can do is shout with joy.
All you can do is praise him with all that you have. Is this what your story is? How has Jesus touched your life this morning? What is the reason for you praising him every single day? How has Jesus changed your, your life? Are you Were you healed just like the man that, with abnormal swelling? Maybe you haven't received your healing yet, but it don't matter. You just know because you know because you know that you have a great reward. Has people you know walked away because they can't carry their cross? Is it going to cost them too much, but not you? You're carrying your cross. You're still persevering. You're still battling. You're still praying. You're still going forward on your knees. You're still holding on. You're still praising him. Is that your story? Or were you like me? Were you a sinner? And you found compassion, just like the tax collectors and the sinners that ate with Jesus? Or are you that one leper, the one that turned around and gave thanks to the Lord for healing you while the other friends of yours, they just went on their merry way and continued to live their life? Did Jesus change your life when you were running after the world's ideas and after the world's wealth? Did Jesus touch you? And now you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? How about did Jesus touch your life? And now you just can't shut up like the blind man. Are you calling out to Jesus? Because he's touched you in such a way that you can't do anything but praise him. Is that you? Have you got a revival in your heart that is so contagious that you just can't shut up? And people around you, you know, they're so quiet, but you just got this praise in your belly and you just want to let it out. And you maybe, you might be a bit afraid, but who cares? You're going to give them praise anyway. Or are you different from everyone else? Maybe you look different. Maybe you sound different. But look, but just like Jesus, he looks up and he sees you. Is that your story this morning? You know, Jesus is in every one of those stories. In every one of those stories, I guarantee that your story is in there. Each story I've read is different. But each story can be our story. Because of what the Lord has done in our life, friends, your story has changed. Now as we enter into this holy week, this is a holy week. It starts from today. It starts from Jesus entering into Jerusalem. As we enter into this holy week, each one of us has to be so grateful for all that God has done. So we are in lockdown. So New Zealand is in lockdown. Maybe you're in South Africa, and I welcome our families in South Africa, maybe in Australia, maybe in Christchurch, in Auckland, wherever you may be listening to this broadcast. Maybe you feel that you're in lockdown, but man, you have to be so grateful for this is Holy Week. Is your story in that crowd, worshipping Jesus as he enters into Jerusalem? Today, I want to encourage us and remind us all that the Lord has done. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget all the good that God has done. Don't forget he has never abandoned you. Don't forget how he's healed you. Don't forget how he's touched you. Don't forget how he's fed you. Don't forget how he's provided for you. What is your story this morning? What is your story this morning? You know, friends, as we go into Holy Week this week, I pray that you will just write some thoughts down about the things that you need to be grateful for. It's not in the big, 
It's just in the small. God loves small. Faith is small as a mustard seed. He loves a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil because he can do things with small. What is your story this morning? I want to end with that story because as we enter into Holy Week and next Sunday as we enter into 